Hello, everybody. Welcome to the preview show sponsored by Betway. The Premier League reaches its climax this weekend. It's Friday the 24th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Hi, gang. How are you? Am I, am I in your gang? Careful. <laughs> <laughs> why are you? Why are you tempting me with such stuff? Early I just, on? I just want to know if I'm allowed to be in your gang. And would, would you ask me the question pertaining to that? <laughs> it's good to be back. Do you know? What? <laughs> completely unrelated to that, and I was actually going to say this. I saw a man on the way in who looked a bit like Matthew Kelly. Okay, it probably was him, was it? Mm. So do you, Matthew Kelly? He said, yeah. you bet. I said, hey. Um, Surely tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Marcus Speller. <laughs> tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be you. Yeah. Hang on a minute. And he was out of a job. Um, <laughs> well, there we are. What a start to the preview show, everybody. <laughs> are, you, are you seriously suggesting that in the, the show, uh-huh. stars in their eyes, mm. someone should have gone and said, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Matthew Kelly. Yeah. Come out of the, 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 the dry ice yeah. and booted him out. Yeah, so I'll, said, take it, I'll take it from There's a new sheriff in town <laughs> in one of the world's most bizarre and pointless crimes <laughs> yeah. ever committed. Exactly. And then they yeah. look at the thing and go, right, well, is anyone going to sing a song? <laughs> Yeah. If there was a footballing stars in your eyes, who would you go as? I mean, obviously, Marcus is a young George Jesus. We know that. No, Paul Pescasolido. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably be Ian Dowie, wouldn't I? Or Brian Kilcline, I expect. Why Brian Kilcline? When I had the long hair. Uh, Kill Klein, yeah. You're thinking Derry. I'm going as Collaroff. No, Sean Derry. You're you're absolute Sean Derry. Collaroff has started to morph into me yeah. more more and more. I actually, think, I think Andy's getting, getting slightly similar to Carlo Ancelotti. I think I agree. The I'll eyebrows. The I'll eyebrows. I mean, I think Pete Dawes is the only one who could do the whole team. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he we, looks like we, everyone. We did discuss earlier in the week if I could borrow an eyebrow from Marcus mm, to there. complete it. Be a great uh, combo. I think I think Marcus is absolutely spot on, Andy. You've definitely got a bit of the Carlo Ancelotti about you for mm. sure, and. You are a star whisperer as well. Obviously, good friends with Cristiano Ronaldo, famously. Uh-huh. Not Anastasia, though. No. Okay, that's <laughs> true. But you've not had the chance. Could work on that. Could <laughs> yeah. work on that. Yeah, it's exactly. not, like you, not like you tried to befriend her and she said no. Going back, I to have my... to say, in in the week where we've had Liverpool's rather bizarre title celebrations, mm. I think it still doesn't get any better than Anastasia performing on the pitch of the Alliance at halftime and Arjen Robin going on and going, for God's sake, it's seven minutes late, the second half, and helping her dismantle her stage. <laughs> what do you think this is? The Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. Two funny. people I've not thought about, mm. I'm going to say, for getting on 10 years, Anastasia and Matthew Kelly. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were going to say Arjen Robin. I thought, surely not. Yeah, no, I've definitely thought about it. a winner in a Champions League final. Oh, exactly. I was there. You were there. I was there. How can we forget yeah. that, ladies not and gentlemen? Not marketing him, just in the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no one was marketing him. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Champions League. Well, of course, this weekend in the Premier League, the final day of the Premier League. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the final day of the Premier League in July, gentlemen? I know. Crazy. Well, for some time, we didn't know if we'd be thinking about it at all. My goodness, but we've mm. got it though, haven't we? Mm. And uh, there is a there is a Champions League playoff, essentially, uh, happening. Although, well, uh, yes. I mean, Manchester United qualify if they at least draw with Leicester or Chelsea lose. Chelsea qualify if they at least draw with Wolves. Leicester qualify if they win or if they draw and Chelsea lose. Mm. So when I say a playoff, it's a little bit more to it than that, of course. Although when when thinking about this Manchester United um, and Leicester City game, I was reminded of a very famous Champions League playoff, as it's informally dubbed, in 2001 between Barcelona and Valencia. Oh, that was pretty good. Oh, that was very good. That was pretty good. 3-2 in the end, Barcelona. It's so funny to think of Barcelona sneaking into the Champions League on the final day of the season. But of course, it was that Rivaldo hat-trick where he ended it with that chest chest up and overhead kick kick in the dying seconds of the game on the last day of the season to make sure they qualify for the Champions League. It's absolutely glorious. It's it's quite weird to look at that now, 20 years ago, obviously, but thinking... Barcelona that season, just looking now, yeah. only won 17 league games that season. Yeah. They drew 12. With yes. Rivaldo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they got to the semi-final the following season in the Champions League, beaten by Real Madrid. I think maybe Stephen McManaman might have scored in that uh, fixture. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the, the current one. Um, Leicester versus Manchester United. Leicester will be 
sort of relieved, I suppose, going into this one, um, that, that West Ham did them a favour mm-hmm. and obviously doing themselves a favour ultimately. But but Leicester, it, it, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, Brendan Rodgers was sort of purring after they were they were beaten, saying like, uh, you know, oh, well, going into the, the game against Manchester should be interesting. But if I think if Manchester United qualify for the Champions League, if they finish fourth, say, it will be actually quite a good season. They've managed to, to, to salvage something. And obviously they'll be disappointed if they don't do it because it's in their hands. Whereas Leicester, I would sort of say from a neutral point of view, analysing the whole season, if they don't do it, it'll be quite disappointing. And what a weird situation, given the comparative sizes of Manchester yeah. United and, and Leicester City. It is it is totally weird. Um, but it just goes to show it all is about trajectory and and momentum. But it was interesting hearing Solskjaer talk after that West Ham game the other night where he was saying, yeah, point's pretty good. As in, you know, it, it, it already... <laughs> to West Ham. Yeah, he's, the ultimate, he... he's the ultimate man, not a company man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah but sure. But man. it's like he already had it in his mind that everyone's focused on this final game mm. at Leicester. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd have had to be whether they, you know, you, you add a goal to that. Say they beat West Ham mm. 2-1. They still need to not lose to Leicester. Would you so really that... the situation's not that different. So, yeah. I mean, you know, some are saying on this podcast, you know, the... the the semi-final against Chelsea. Did he have that in mind, you know, when he, a couple of big players were on the bench? It, yeah, I'll I, I take that point. And I am sympathetic to that viewpoint. I think that it looks to me that that they were, a lot of the players that United have got were a bit tired. I mean, mm. he is a fan of keeping roughly the same team and he has done that quite a lot oh, since we come back. He's, Squad- d- he's done it loads, which yeah. is really, I think, unprecedented in this situation. Mm. And I, I think... Scored freshness, Andy. But it's always been the case, I think, with Manchester United under Solskjaer, is that, I don't know if it's because of his previous connection with the club or mm. because of the way he projects and draws so heavily on the past, but I think people often miss the content Um and, and just focus on the result mm-hmm. and use the result to justify the content. I mean, we do that in modern football quite a lot, but especially with Manchester United. And I think there are loads of games recently where they've looked absolutely baked. Uh, you think that Crystal mm-hmm. Palace game where they won 2 0? Now, those two goals that they scored against Crystal Palace mm-hmm. did not belong in that game. They were two goals of a, <laughs> yeah. extraordinary I'm sorry, quality. They did not belong here. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, it's, That's a wonderful honestly, way of putting it's, it. It's yeah. like if Zinedine Zidane had scored his 2002 Champions League final goal in Wimbledon versus Accrington. <laughs> well, maybe not quite at that level, but in that sort of direction, yeah. you know, the, the, the game was such dross that, that it was almost as if these two bolts from heaven mm-hmm. sort of opened the game up and allowed Manchester United to to, to, to win it. So I, I think... To, but you need to that say, sometimes, though. Oh, yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think if they can get to the point where they can not play well and win games. I mean, certainly for where Manchester United want to go next, mm-hmm. that's definitely a good sign. Um, but I think, you know, they've, they've, they've looked leggy for a number of weeks but, but, now. But the good news is, though, that if they can have one last push and get through this game against Leicester and get the result they need, mm-hmm. Leicester, who you never really know currently what you're going to get from. No, yeah. they're, they're very difficult to predict. No. They've been dreadful since yeah. the restart, really. Yeah, they Considering have. the position they were in, you really, thought, really you, thought to yourself, yeah. it's done. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And maybe yeah. they thought it was done. Yeah. Well, but they were by far the, the standout third best team. For, yeah. for, I think I think they've been a little bit overrated for reasons I've said over the last week or two, but the results have spoken for themselves. Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, the, the point I was just going to make is that if they can find one last push United to get through this Leicester game, mm-hmm. the good news is they get a bit of a break. Even when they come back for the Europa League against Lask at the end of the first week mm-hmm. of, of August, that's really a walk in the park because they're 5-0 up from the first leg and they're playing them at home. Mm-hmm. So you expect him to be able to rest whoever he wants. Yeah. I mean, famous last words, but they ain't going to lose a 5 yeah, no, 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 that's no. at home. So that they've got a little bit of a break at least. The Lask have changed coach as well since the right. end of the season. Oh, the kind of, yeah, kind yeah, of insight you could, get from... Could get a bounce. Could could get a, they've, not, they've not got like Pep Guardiola in them, have they? <laughs> <laughs> is it Jurgen Klopp? Has Allegri landed there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so the they one. will get a break. They just need to push through. But I was just going to say, huge, based on the permutations you mentioned at the start of this, Mark, is a huge, huge day on Sunday for As It Stands fans. Big time. I mean, it's mm. going to be amazing. Well, that's, yeah, because obviously... All the games at the same time, obviously, yeah. But the, As It Stands, it needs to be just, obviously, more than one game hmm. uh, that, that has the, the permutations of this, which is why Chelsea you know, play their part, which is why it's not a playoff. 
because yeah, there's, no, there's exactly. other things there. Uh, in, in in the classic sense of it, of, of course. And Wolves will be disappointed because it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter what they do now, does it? And it they've is, got they've got Chelsea on the final day, and, mm. and I think if they could have got to a position where all they needed to do was win at Stamford Bridge, mm-hmm. which they're perfectly capable of, you know, it would have been a really interesting situation. Well, I think you can say if if they hadn't have given that given away that late penalty or had that late penalty given against them mm-hmm. is probably a better way of putting it at Burnley. Things would look different, wouldn't they? They would. I, just to pop back to Leicester for a second, though, when you're saying, Luke, and I understand maybe they've been a touch overrated and so on. I mean, I do remind you all, ladies and gentlemen, that it wasn't that long ago where people up and down the country were, were asking, are they on the verge of another time? Up and down the country? Well, a very specific part of the country from what I remember. I mean, since, you know, they, they, their highest finish... Other than the the time they won the title, since they've um, been promoted in the last five years, is ninth. Yeah. So if they finish it's fifth, it's a fair point. Yeah. You know, we sort of say, "Oh, it's a bit disappointing." And of course, you've got to put it in the context. You can't completely just look at where they mm. finished. They will be disappointed if they finished fifth. But still, though, it shows you actually how we've come to think of Leicester, and that's not just. I suppose it largely is about the title, but also what Rogers is doing, the players they have, and, and the overall thing, the overall vibe at the club. It'd be fascinating to see how. I mean, they don't get an awful lot of time to do this, and they won't necessarily have an awful lot of money either because of circumstances. But it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how Rogers kicks them on because mm. you think they're going to be in the Europa League next season. There's a possible chance of that. If they are, I think they can have a reasonable crack at it. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be a draw on their resources, obviously. They'll need to strengthen however they can. Mm-hmm. And they also need to keep on hold of a couple of players as well, yeah. by mm-hmm. the way. I mean, yeah. Is there talk that, um, I don't know, this is a genuine question, but is there talk that Yuri Tielemans is going to be linked anywhere else? Because he looks like an amazing young prospect. Well, the There's people... one or two other players as well that would be fancy. Chilwell's an obvious one, you know. Yeah, Chilwell, Madison. I, I, th- yeah. I think they'd be in more danger if it was a different summer. I, I just yeah. not convinced there's mean. there's the money out there yeah. to, to to really get these these players out. And Leicester are in a position of strength in that they can say no. I think what's the interesting thing in they'll this, be in a stronger position if they're in the Champions League, though, Andy. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But I think the interesting thing in this is Wolves because they have to make sure that they don't get the Europa League pickpocketed from them, mm. don't don't they? So it's it's not as if they're going to go to Stamford Bridge and and lie down. And of course, the same thing, they want to be ready for the Europa League as, as, as well, like, like Manchester United. And they've got a slightly tighter situation mm-hmm. to deal with against an Olympiakos side who've just been crowned Greek champions. Yeah, and I think with a club like Wolves, one could sort of say, oh, well, obviously they're, in, they're still in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, so all to play for. Mm-hmm. See, they could, if they win the Europa Champions yeah. League spot. Big, big things are going this, you forget. But um, <laughs> uh, Manchester United might have another bite if, uh, if, if they lose. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably Ollie's team talk. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, lads. We've got another too much on it. You'll <laughs> be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, but, but with Wolves, though, you know, we've heard, <clears throat> excuse me, a few times the likes of Burnley uh, who, who people say, do they want Europa League? Wolves are a side that would want Europa League. It's, it's a backward step for them if they don't make Europe. Exactly. And they have, you know, a better squad, a slightly deeper squad. And also, they would attract a few more players, I think. And I think with, it's a very different, different situation. They will be going for the win against Chelsea, there's I, no doubt about that. I, I think the interesting thing as well yeah. is Spurs are hoping one way or another for a favour from Chelsea, aren't mm. they? Which is quite an unusual situation to to say the least, because mm. they're obviously hoping for Chelsea to beat Wolves, or if not, Chelsea to win the cup final. So European qualification goes a place further down. Yeah, I think so that, all... that's that's what needs to work for Spurs. I One think, of those I, two things. I think if I was a Spurs fan, I wouldn't want a Europa League. Mm. I just want a clean slate, have another crack at it next season. They're, really, they're a Champions League level team. They, 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 they have been the last few seasons. Are you basically saying less matches of Mourinho are a good thing? Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually watched a few Spurs games on the Mourinho so yes I am saying that <laughs> mm, but you want a more bigger sample size as to why it's not working yeah, I, do, do you not understand are you not sympathetic to that viewpoint at least that you, you get I'm a clean not... slate if, if you're a club of size of Spurs you want you've got this new stadium you, you, the whole thing is predicated on Champions League football is it worth just to have a season off Completely and mm. give yourself a good crack and a good run at it. Um, uh, for for, for the, I, I know what you mean because they'd have to go into the. I mean, if they if they, if they steal Wolves' place, they'll go into the qualification round, right? Right. But they could do that. They could get through that without playing their full team. Uh, I I think that's that's pretty clear. Famous last words for those who remember the first half at Young Boys all those years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I I think it's interesting, isn't it? How the, the club are very much selling. Um, Spurs are now. You look at the dimensions of it. The stadium. We need. 
European football. Obviously, the, the, the players, especially with this summer, a, a shortened holiday would be the last thing they would possibly want, I suppose, is, is, is a way you could look at it. But it's interesting because I think when you go into the Europa League, the Europa League is well worth being part of. But if you're playing, for, if you're going from a Champions League situation to a Europa League situation like Tottenham are, especially with the last couple of years they've had in the, the, the Champions League, I think it's a little bit like when you get relegated from the Premier League to the Championship. You know, you think of the fixtures that make you think we're down there. It's not when you play you know, Leeds or whatever. Mm. It's when when you... Sorry, when you go to Barnsley or Rotherham or someone you, you like that. You could have used your own and, club, Andy. <laughs> if we were in the championship, I would love to use my own club. I would absolutely love to use my own club. But I think that's that's the thing. Like The thing about the Europa League is the humbling bit is the group stage. People talk about the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Champions League. I think that's nowhere near as pronounced as it is in the group stage of the Champions League. I mean, it's one of the, the indicators. Europa, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's one of the indicators mm-hmm. that Arsenal were in such a terrible state under Emery. Because you look at the draw they got, even with a name like Eintracht Frankfurt in there, and you think, well, they're going to win this six out of six. Uh, and then when they don't, you think, oh, shit. Mm. They're really quite bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing to look out for this uh, weekend in the in, in, in these sort of Champions League matches <clears throat> uh, that we're talking about uh, is, is Mason Greenwood. Uh, obviously, Manchester. United. If he scores, it will take him to eighteen goals for the season. That will be a record for a teenager at Manchester United. Yeah. You think George Best, Brighton, Wayne Rooney. And when you um, when you throw the club name into that, that's a big deal. Yeah. Like so if you say, "Oh, he's a record teenage goal scorer for." And, you know, no disrespect, although people will take disrespect. AFC Wimbledon. Liverpool. No, <laughs> for, for, for Portsmouth or whatever. It's, it's like, okay, he's obviously a good young player. Mm. May United, I don't know if anyone knows, have had some mm. really good players down the years. And they've won a lot of trophies. Look, Greenwood is, a, is a, an incredible talent. He's elite, he's elite level for his age. He will go on to be elite level. I know that um, people who know much more about football around that part of the world than me think he's, you know the biggest prospect in that area since Rooney is mm. what I've heard. Forget Rashford, forget forget whoever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's the one they're all kind of pinning their hopes on. And, you know, you don't have to be a football expert to watch how he moves, to watch his finishing, to watch how he's good he is with both feet, mm. to watch how intelligent he is at for such a young age, to know he's going to be an amazing prospect. I mean, Solskjaer was saying, it's always difficult, I, I alluded to this earlier, He's the, he's the ultimate company man social, so you never know why he's saying why he's saying things about Man United. Mm. But he has said quite um, consistently that Greenwood is the best finisher at the club, mm. and you know there could be a reason for him saying that. But he's not really going to be able to say that um, without putting anyone else's nose out of joint, is he? Yeah. So it must be it must be close to being true. <clears throat> I don't know what you think about him when you've watched. Well, him, I, I sincerely, well, I suppose, sort of joking aside, it's great that we're seeing him perform for Manchester United regularly now and score goals because the other player who was so overhyped, whose name suddenly escapes me, who Sheffield United signed at the start of the season, who went to Lazio for a brief stint. Oh, um, Ravel, Ravel Morrison. Ravel yeah. Morrison. You know, yeah. like we were, we were, how little we knew thee because yeah. it was, it's such a shame with Morrison. I understand um, off-field stuff, blah, 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 blah. A lot yeah. has been said about that. Um, so I don't, I don't say that lightly, of course, because you're talking about someone's life for crying out loud, mm. ultimately. Uh, but with Mason Greenwood, what is so wonderful about seeing him play is that this hyped up, well, the media are hyping him up. Obviously, hardly Manchester United, you know, mm. too much. But but as you say, Solskjaer, I suppose he's played his part. But the hype's been, but the hype, the difference in the hype, I think, Marcus, is is that you know the hype is happening because he's scoring goals. Yeah, it's not, it's not. You know, you you speak to it's someone generated by production, not prospect. Exactly yeah. right, absolutely right. And and you can talk about talent and hype all you like, but mm. the reality is, Mason Greenwood is, you know, he's featured 30 times in the Premier League for mm. United this season in one form or another and he scored you know, a good amount of goals he'll get he'll, he'll, as, you, as you've already said if he, if he gets another one he'll get, he'll get the record for a teenager he's got 10 in the Premier League this season I think. Yeah. So another bump for the Europa League basically isn't it because very much like Harry Kane was like an underrated prospect mm-hmm. who like, demanded his way into the yeah. Premier League team by mm. scoring goals in the Europa League Mason Greenwood's done pretty much the same thing albeit at a much earlier age and without the underwhelming loan spells are you suggesting that we might see Mason Greenwood go in goal for a couple of minutes <laughs> and then concede, let's hope so see the soft free kick he has got that thing about him Greenwood and it's not scientific and the, you know, the old the old, um, the old data people will laugh probably when I say this but he, he has got this thing where when he gets the ball you feel like something might happen yeah. and that's a really important X factor mm. to have as a football player at the top level and I think he's got that well Will that? I mean, is he the Jude Bellingham of Manchester? 
Well, look. Oh, come on. Let's not go too early. I've got. <laughs> let's not go too early. I've got a cold take on Jude Bellingham. Have you? People have people have piled on Birmingham, haven't they, for this? You just explain what the story is first. Uh, I don't want people Jude to Bellingham is a very, very talented young man and he's recently signed for Borussia Dortmund. Birmingham City, the club that he says he loved, uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, he's 17 years old, we should say, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, they've retired the number 22 show, which was, of course the jersey that he that he played in uh, this season. Uh, and some people, a lot of people, have derided this. Mm. I mean, we remember when Schalke retired the... Was it number seven they retired for? No. Well, for, 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 for Raul. No, he yeah. wasn't. Was he number seven? I forget he was, which. Yeah. He was number seven. Yeah. yeah, it was Schalke retired number seven for Raul, who obviously went there post-Real Madrid. But that, they were just—he was like a cult leader there. Yeah, that, they were so <laughs> under his spell; it's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah, he didn't even live in Gelsenkirchen. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'd say if I was but, David. But he's one of the biggest names <laughs> to, have, to have been signed by them. So even a permanent member of Star. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was quite derided, poor old Schalke. This one, Raul is a legend, though. Yes, mm. uh, obviously he was a legend, Real Madrid. But yeah. you, you know, but that was that was people slagged that off quite a lot. So with Jude Bellingham. Not having played that much for the club, just because of how old he is and so on, and then going off to Borussia Dortmund as he's is going to be, people are saying, "What what on earth are they playing at?" So okay, so that's well summed up. And my cold take, and it isn't actually my cold take, cold blooded heart take. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the phone to Big Gareth, <laughs> get some hair care tips. Uh, no, no, it's not necessarily my take. It's just a take that I saw someone else share that I mm. agree with. Um, and I, forgive me for I haven't grabbed the name of the person because it was shared as a text message that someone then put online. Mm. And it's from a Birmingham City fan. And um, obviously it's set against the background that Birmingham as a club have been through the mill in a big way Mm. recently, as we know. And he says this, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. He says, "Okay, here's the thing. As a club, we have nothing. We are broken. We are desperate. We are managerless, rudderless and desperately hopeless. We have survived by the skin of our teeth. And that kid Bellingham was the only good thing. Mm. So yes, retiring his shirt is a really fucking weird thing to do, (laughs) given that he hasn't died. But... Also, it's all we have to give to him. He was crying on the pitch in an empty stadium last night and been with the academy since he was yeah. seven. So, you know, you can look at it as a kind mm. of Twitter, internet pile on, mm. aren't they a joke of a club type thing? Or you can look at it that mm. way and maybe it's a gesture that they wanted to make to Jude Bellingham because he, um, he, he, he loves the club and they've got nothing else to, to offer him. You know, it's more than that as well because <clears throat> I think him and his family are really loved at the club if you speak to people around Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, him and his family have been really sure that Birmingham have been looked after the highway, the whole way. Do you yeah. know how much that money is oh, worth yeah. to Birmingham? Isn't it twenty five million or something like it's, that? It's an extraordinary amount of and money. There should be a shed load of add-ons if they've done yeah. that well. But yeah. Because because he could have he could have played it differently yeah. and walked away for a minimal compensation fee. Yep. But him and his family always made sure. Birmingham were looking after. If you were a sponsor and you were rolling 20, 25 million into a club, you get a stand named after you. Mm. Yeah. Is it really that different? Yeah. I think people are looking at it the wrong way around. Yeah, mm. I, I I think that's two heartening takes there, chaps. Well, the thing is, Marcus, when you work with Andy and you do a cold take, <laughs> you think, uh, I will get this done and I'll get it out of the way and Andy's going to blow me out of the water here, but he's backed me. Yeah. And so I feel happy about that. It won't wow. happen again, I promise. Thank you very much. Yeah, Andy. Just don't promise me, promise the listeners. Exactly. <laughs> Andy, Andy's, Andy's band is the warm blooded hearts. Of yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, the big rivals. Yeah, we are. Just like our Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go for a break, uh, this weekend, of course, um, Juventus can win the league. They missed the chance to win the Serie A title. You were fuming last night. I'm just, you up don't, off the floor, don't, don't pretend there's a title race. <laughs> Juventus, don't try and throw me that. You've got Sampdoria on Sunday, and I think Cagliari after that. You're going to win it. So, sort off. All right, let's have a break. Welcome back to the preview show, sponsored by Betway, everybody. Right, let's turn our attentions away from those Champions League potentials uh, to, to the, the good stuff. to the relegation <laughs> potentials, yeah. as they uh, are often uh, never called. Um, you know, th- <laughs> the this good is stuff. <laughs> it, it is the good stuff. Do, do you know what? This will be the worst bit. This will be the bit that football fans have missed most. I think, like since football restarted, the rally what? bell. Where are those crying fans on the final day of the season? Yeah. It won't be the same without you guys. Club should provide them. Oh, i tell you something, Grealish will be in tears if he'll go down. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's a player, though. He's a kid, though. So what? No, I know. I'm he, so, but he's he gets, a fan. He gets a, yeah, but he gets a nice move at the end of it. Like, if you're crying in the stand, mm. before you know it, you've gone from child to 
bald adult yeah. <laughs> and you're being interviewed about what well, that, that not, moment meant suddenly to you. Suddenly wants tears. I know, the Bellingham thing before the oh, break and now this. You are a cold-blooded heart. Yeah. Everyone's got emotional range, people. Come on. <laughs> Clearly. I, I, I think, obviously, it's massive. Obviously, we're being, we're being, um, we're being churlish about it. It's a big deal. Mm. Look, from a fan's point of view, I've I supported a club that had been relegated from the Premier League and it was bad, but mm-hmm. from, from just watching the team and no one's been through the financial jeopardy that Portsmouth have been through, or certainly not worse than Portsmouth, um, and that's dreadful, obviously, but if we just talk about the football, it's not the worst thing in the world to not be in a Premier League team. Yeah. Um, you'd feel a lot closer to the club. Um, you feel like um, you can relate a lot more. I so, do agree with that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be necessarily... I mean, you've, you, you, obviously yeah. you follow Fulham and, and they've been through the same so Andy let's not get into what Wimbledon have been through but yeah, I was going to say <laughs> re- relegation's not a bad thing but when, when Ports- <laughs> that's not even close to the bad thing <laughs> when, when Portsmouth were promoted to the Premier League it felt like it was, a, it was like an amazing thing it was yeah. like oh god I cannot believe this has happened mm. but what happens over time looking back on it is that you do start to feel more and more distant from the club mm. so when they go back down to wherever they settle or, or whatever division they find mm. themselves mm-hmm. in you do find there's a bit more of a connection but the team I really um, fear for are Bournemouth. Yeah. And the reason for that is because they made a huge loss financially last year. They obviously don't have the infrastructure that a Watford or a Villa have. They don't have their own stadium. They don't mm-hmm. own their stadium, obviously. The, the wages as a percentage of their turnover without being too boring is astronomical. Also, the manager. High. What would the manager do? The manager might... And yeah, that was going to be my final one. The manager will... Not, not almost certainly, but there's a good chance mm-hmm. we'll we'll move on and think that's the end of that. And he is. Where would he pitch up next? I think is a really difficult question. Yeah, I, I don't well, know, but I just wanted to finish by saying. So I heard someone else please. the other day say that he is their Sir Alex Ferguson, basically. And we've seen mm. what happened with Man United with the t- with a club with such a huge infrastructure. I've used Sean Dyche as a uh, yeah. Sean Dyche is perhaps more accurate yeah. in terms of achievement. <laughs> you mean so, you mean like a super manager, someone who does just, everything, just transcends what what a manager does. It's the same way Lionel Messi transcends transcends yeah. what a player does uh, at Barcelona. Like, yeah. he's, he's a bigger figure mm. than that. Bournemouth wouldn't sack him. Sure, Bournemouth sure. No, I don't. Think but they, they will they will part ways if they go. Surely, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. But I think but he would he, would he mo- don't don't you think? He would he would still have an enormous amount of credit if they, I would say, when they go down on Sunday, if he goes, I, you know, he'll still be perceived. Whatever happens, he'll be perceived of as, a, as a as a Bournemouth legend. Of course, but I have to no, say, no it's that. a much better departure than he stays. Um, they go on on reduced means, and he leaves in November when they're fifteenth in the championship. No, I agree with that, but I, I I I think that if they go down, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. Really? It, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Really, okay. it wouldn't shock me. But I, but they are up against it, uh, Bournemouth. I mean, the sort of the easiest uh, part of the equation is that if if they win uh, and both the others lose, then they're up. That's what they need. So they need two results yeah. to go. Well, three results. If, if you look at if, if you think you, of their own, if you look at the um, the probability based mm. on a number of different factors, it looks roughly like Bournemouth's chances of getting relegated are about ninety five. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth playing Everton. I can't see Bournemouth getting a win there. And, I, and I, you look at the other two games and it's kind of like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter then. I think that's the mm. most likely of the three results that they need to go for them. What, that they'll win? They'll win. That they'll win at Everton. I see, all right. Yeah, because yeah. you never really know what you're going to get with Everton. But then you've got, and you've got, they've got to rely on, obviously, Watford. You, you can't really rely on Arsenal either. So you, Watford obviously going to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Then Aston Villa at West Ham, yeah. But West were, Ham have been quite good since the lockdown. That's but the thing. I, yeah, but yeah. I, but with I mean West Ham already being up is is was massive for Villa. Yeah. Let's be honest. It, it was, but then you look at the way that West Ham played at, at Manchester United in the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's underrated. People can talk about the relief of getting your objective over the line, particularly if that objective is avoiding relegation. West Ham have been rubbish for so much of this season. Mm. I think they're enjoying being a bit better. Yeah. yeah, you know, so so, so the the idea that they're gonna no, I, that they're gonna toss it off, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's correct. I, I don't think anybody's going to toss it off, Andy. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, <laughs> but you could argue the Liverpool thing. I mean, Liverpool well, no, their, their could, performance levels massively declined. But you, there is just they're human beings, and so they've yeah. survived. They're safe. Now that doesn't mean to say that that I, I disagree with your point, Andy. But there, there is that psychological thing of going into that match of oh, we're okay, like this. 
in one sense doesn't have much meaning for us to the other uh, you know what it could have been had they have lost is right lad we need to be on it now you then could say oh well they're now playing without fear and they just blah 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 but I'm if I was an Aston Villa fan I would be very pleased at the fact that West Ham are already up yeah yeah I understand it's a, it's a positive rather than a negative of course yeah, yeah, it absolutely no has question. to be I think, I think the biggest question is how Watford will manage to raise themselves against Arsenal can they go to Arsenal mm. and win yeah definitely but given the last couple of results and the last couple of performances, mm-hmm. I mean, do we really believe they've well, got it in them? I mean, good old Manchester City making it exciting because you look at how even the goal difference is. Well, they couldn't make the title exciting, three. could they? <laughs> <laughs> the goal difference is really interesting. Well, yeah, yeah the, the, I mean, that's what, you know, when, when, the, res, when, when the matches happens, you know, the next day on the podcast, I was saying it's almost like the perfect night for Villa. Mm. They had the whole thing, mm. you know, they they... The, the goal difference, they got the the win they needed. It was absolutely perfect for them. You it know, was like I mean, the anti-Nottingham Forest. Yeah, oh, Gordon, bloody. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, 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 Villa, they just need to match Watford's result now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and presumably, you know, Bournemouth, uh, you know. Uh, no, that's it. No, they just need to, to, you know, a point for Villa and a point for Watford. Yes, Villa, Villa are there. Right. So, so yeah. it, it's, it's much more straightforward for them. Um, but with Watford, like you say, the way it just all went to pieces. And then with Hayden Mullins saying, I have to be confident in the dressing room. I have to be confident in the boys. Yeah. Okay. It's not Churchillian, is it? Yeah. There is simply no other option. I yeah. have to be faithful to my wife. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm going to assume. Uh, but, uh, That's a given. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you do yeah. fails or something? Yeah. But, um, but I, 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 if I was a Watford fan... like he's talking to himself yeah, exactly. out loud. Well, you're trying to convince yourself. And, yeah. and, and, and he, he does look bad. And also as well, I'd be very surprised if there aren't at least a few Arsenal players thinking, remember what Troy Deeney said the other year? And by the way, Deeney was right to say that. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, from my removed position from this. But Jim Jim was already been saying it all week, you know, oh, well, I'd love to relegate Troy Deeney because of all this sort of stuff. Well, if Jim's saying it, what are the players going to be thinking? There will be an element. They're not so- listening to Jim, are they? Well, you never know. Not that we know of. Didn't Hayden Mullins once miss a cup final because he got sent off in the semi? Oh. A little bust up with someone. There's an elbow involved. I haven't got the detail, but mm. so I'm just I'm if just wondering. I'm just wondering if Mullins is the is the calm head they need well, after maybe. Nigel Pearson, given all the stuff that's been going out around about about that situation. So, look, it's 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 a it's it's, it's a it's a difficult situation, chiefly because um, they need to go away to a good team an improved team and you never know what you're going to get with Arsenal but that, having said that Arsenal win one they lose one they win one they're 10th you can't be any more mid-table than 10th I've mm. checked uh, <laughs> so you know it's a situation that I think Watford and Villa will both have taken going into the final game given what's gone on before mm. um, and um, but I think Andy's right in one thing he said for sure which is that Watford have looked utterly dreadful at, at stages in the mm. last couple of weeks and it's not it doesn't bode well for them no no, it does not. Uh, before we go to Betway's four to score, we promised just for a brief moment to Andy that we might mention that it's the uh, the Cup of France. Yeah. Are we? The Cup of France final. The Coupe de France, PSG versus Saint-Étienne. Andy. In front of a packed crowd of 5,000 at the Stade de France? 5,000? 5,000, yeah. Blimey. Being let in. That's incredible. And, last, and, and for a bit of context, I remember covering this game last season on, on the continent with Andy. Mm. And um, it, was, it was a beauty. It was PSG v Rennes. PSG um, uh, went 2 and up with two lovely goals. They were amazing for the first 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And then they got pegged back and obviously Rennes went on penalties. Their first trophy for about 50 years or yeah. something, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't, don't gloss over Hatton Ben Arthur's shithouse really. Oh yeah, he was involved. You got to see, you listen, all you need to say is watch and the now he's in hiding. <laughs> because last year you got to you got to witness Hatem Benafa lift a trophy. What more do you need than that? I'll tell you what, yeah. Pete Donaldson, there was a tear in his eye. Yeah. But, but, but among those 5,000 fans yeah. will be Emmanuel Macron, of course, and also William Saliba, who can't play because his loan spell from, back to Saint-Étienne from Arsenal has ended. Oh. And how can people watch it, Andy, if they want to tune in? Um, Go around Andy's. (laughs) (laughs) Peer through my window. Yeah, Yeah, it's on BT Sport. Okay, but when is it? Sunday night, isn't it? Uh, No, No, it's tonight. It's Friday night. Tonight. Yeah, tonight. Okay, one. What a way into the week that is. It'd be fantastic. Also, I think the fact that Paris Saint-Germain have been tuning, tuning up by absolutely 
battering opposition in friendly. They beat Celtic, didn't they? Quite uh, yeah, they beat they beat Celtic they beat in the eight, four nil, eight nil or nine nil. Uh, they beat Love nine nil, yeah. who finished six in the in, oh, in yeah, the second yeah, yeah. tier. They beat Beverley seven nil, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they they did. And um, then you look at it's, he- it's healthy to lose nine nil these days. Then you look at <laughs> then you look at Saint Etienne, yeah. who. Um, have been, not only don't have Saliba, mm. of course, uh, Johan Kabai, producer Charlie, was going to, mm. to see that, it, that he'd yeah, left. He, did, he didn't, didn't extend his contract. Um, but Ex-Sunderland links, Andy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of uh, Mvila. He's recovered for the final. Mm. And, Kazri. Um, Wabi Kazri, mm-hmm. he's, he's about as well. But what I particularly like as well is the fact that Claude Puel is fostering this wonderful Come atmosphere. On. Come on, Claude's there. Now, <laughs> having... Um, fallen out spectacularly with their rock of a goalkeeper mm. in Stefan Ruffier, who's mm. being pushed out of the club at the moment. They're looking for a way to dismiss him for turning up late to the training pitch. He was actually in the stadium complex and the physiotherapist didn't tell him that it was time to go on the pitch. Mm. Um, he's also fell out quite badly with Mathieu Debussy, who's not been excommunicated with the, yeah. with the team. He's going to be in the 11 tonight to, to play that game. But the, the, the way he fell out with Debussy was amazing. What Puel did is he did a video session in which he said, right, we need to tighten up at the back. So we're going to go through a series of plays and see what we could have done better. And basically, they're <laughs> all plays of Debussy mistakes. And he got up, to like, he got up to like number four. And Debussy was like, Come on, I'm not the only defender who's made a mistake <laughs> in this team. And he's like, look, these are the video clips that have been selected. Yeah. And they had quite a row over it. And it's also like, I'll, I'll probably watch this game tonight and you, and you look at how PSG are going to line up and their front four mm. will be Icardi, Mbappe, mm. uh, Neymar and Di Maria. Yeah. Who's, like, who's your money on? Yeah, they've got a good chance. I mean, you, you line up Kazri, <laughs> Villa, who's your money on? Um, listen, Rem won it last year, so why not? Dare to dream. Yeah. Dare to dream. It's also, I, mean, <laughs> I know, look, I, I, at the risk of offending any PSG fans listening, I mean, I've never no, met Sodom. I've never met a PSG no. fan, so I'll take my chances. What about Andy? Uh, he's, no, he's not. He's nah, Leon. He's Leon, isn't no. he? Um, I, I, um, <laughs> I find it hilarious when anything unfortunate befalls PSG. Of course. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back St Etienne. And St Etienne have got an amazing rich history as well, right? So They do. I, I once sat... Remember that evening we went to that charity evening when uh, Mick Hucknall sang to Pele? Yeah. While Richard Keyes <laughs> yeah. was on stage. Yeah. No matter how many times you say that, not it still sounds weird. It's not a dream. That <laughs> no happened. listeners who tuned in... Yeah. Yes, you heard that right. Yeah, yeah, Carry yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm sure another time. Yeah. That'll <laughs> pop up every now and then. Um, but I was sat next to, at my table, a former... Um, uh, a chairman of San Etienne. Oh, nice. Can't remember his name, annoyingly. He was a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> he was a good laugh. We had a lovely time. Uh, all right. So you'll be pulling for them then? Uh, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Always, always assume that. Yeah. Always assume that. Uh, right. It's Betway 4 to score. Yeah, it's time for Betway 4 to score because each week we participate in it for a chance to win a huge prize for charity. As you heard earlier this week, a Ramble listener um, won four to score uh, last week so the uh, prize this week is £25,000 a huge amount of money um, for just picking the first goal scorer at each of Betway's four selected games the entry is completely free as well and if you're correct you can win up to 25000 make sure your selections are submitted before the first game because otherwise that would be silly uh, and uh, further T's and C's apply. <laughs> Game one this week Andy let's go through them in order as we normally do Chelsea v Wolves that's yours Oh, it's got to be Christian Pulisic. I mean, yeah. he's on fire at the solid, moment, isn't solid he? Solid choice. Yeah, it's a great choice. He looked amazing when he came on um, in that game against Liverpool. He did. Uh, game two is Crystal Palace v Spurs. I've got that one. I've gone for Harry Kane. Be stupid not to. Yeah, I think so. Uh, game three is Kate this week. She sent in a message a bit earlier uh, on the Leicester Man United game, and she's not gone for the obvious. Listen to this. Guys, I've got a good feeling about this one. Last day of the season, last day of the Premier League season, Betway forward to score. The Football Ramble team are finally going to come through and produce a winner. I can just feel it in my bones. I've got Leicester up against Manchester United. And what we've known from recent weeks is that thing, people like Daniel Pedence are the ones you want to rely on. So you can't go for the the ones you'd expect. You can't go for Jamie Vardy or Marcus Rashford. It's the Harry Maguire derby, really, isn't it? So my choice for four to score is Harry Maguire with his big old bonce. 
So she's gone for Harry Maguire's big old bonce. Mm-hmm. Good to uh, good to hear. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if all of us come in and it was like Rashford or Martial, who's got Vardy. She'll, be, she'll have hell to pay. Yeah. She'll have hell to pay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, game four, the final game is selected by you, Marcus. It's West Ham v Aston Villa. It's just got to be Jack Grealish. Yeah, I like that. Could be the only goal of the game. He, he signs off with that, uh, with, with keeping them up. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be lovely, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? Would um, so in summary, it's Christian Pulisic, Harry Kane, Harry Maguire and Jack Grealish. Two Harrys in there. Yeah. Um, if they all score first, um, we'll win £25,000 for charity yeah. or at least a share of it. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first yeah. game. Further T's and C's apply. 18 plus and do gamble responsibly. For more information, head to BeGambleAware. Dot org. Sorry, Villa fans, for assuming Grealish is going, but it's just the narrative everyone's saying. Yeah. Anyway, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. <laughs> it is indeed time for this. Um, new listeners, it's time for Luke's game. Um, as, you, as the jingles just told you, you'll get the hang of it. Um, it's Seeds 1 versus 2. Am I 2? Uh, yeah, well, listen, I'm going to come on to that. Oh. Andy is, is the far and away. Oh, the Jules ro- Breach was number 2. No, she's number 3. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. She refi- obviously cause I she got part- whitewashed the other week and I'm number 2. That well, shows you how poor everyone else is. There's been a lot of dissent on Twitter about this. <laughs> How's Marcus going to carry on being number 2 when he doesn't win a single one? It's, it's a very complicated ranking. It's not the FIFA ranking. But I did win last week. Exactly. And so also, it, have we had the results of that independent investigation? It's ongoing. Yeah. Ongoing. Like yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of chip-off against me, I thought, <laughs> suggesting that I was indulging no, in some sort of dark arts, perhaps in collusion with the host. I think that was the least of the investigation. Marcus, what, Andy. what's the main angle of the investigation after you were whitewashed by Andy? David Beckham. Yeah, but what about mate. that? What yeah. about it specifically? Well, I'm not the one. It's an independent <laughs> investigation. You know, I just happen to be uh, gleefully telling you that it's come to waste. All right, listen. <laughs> Marcus, you've got a chance to make a name for yourself here. You you can see if you can um, get something get something out of Andy. Um, Andy is the first, number one seed. He's the Roger Federer of, uh, of Luke's yeah. game. He is the Tiger Woods in his pomp. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, why I'm rocking this AB cap. Yeah. I feel that I'm Tim Henman. Yeah, Tiger Tim. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Muskrat Marcus, an unexpected semi. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I also think that not um, the size of this studio. Wait. Thank you very much, Andy. When you're um, up there, you're there to be shot at, aren't you? Wait. And and you, you you have to prove your worth again. Um, Look, Marcus, you're the challenger, so you get to go first. <laughs> the, the game is, of course, I give you a player's name uh. and you have to auction for how many of his clubs you can uh, name. And um, if you mention one more than once, you, you, you lose the point. If you get a club wrong, you lose the point. If you don't reach the number you said you were going to reach, you mm-hmm. lose the point. And if he's played for a club more than once, it only counts as one. Okay, are we clear? Are we ready to go? We're very clear. All right. Yeah. Marcus, you're first with your beard. Uh-huh. The first player, he's played for seven clubs in total. It's Scott Parker. Oh, Scotty P. This is your wheelhouse, isn't it? Uh, oh, is uh, it going to be an independent inquiry about this? <laughs> the manager of me. the club you actually it's, support. It's not. <laughs> they're, they're selected at random, the players. They are. How many mm. you got? Out of the seven he's played for, how many can you name? I'm definitely do four. Play along at home or wherever you're listening. How many can you name? Loads of people are so confident online when they, they come out. Oh, yeah, I could either have done five on that one, six on that one. I've got all of them on Do that one. Do you know one. what? I'll go six. He's going to go six. Andy, well, can I, I can't go six. You go, you go six. Well, you'd have to go seven. Actually, actually I, could go, I could go six, but I can't go more than six. No, but you can't. If I say six, you have to go Yeah, exactly. Seven. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you want to go six? Go on, then. So one at a time. Well, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one at a time. Name six clubs that Scott Parker has played for. Charlton. Correct. Chelsea. Correct. Newcastle. Correct. Spurs. Correct. Fulham. Correct. And, uh, oh, blimey, it's just gone. I have the other one. Uh, Spurs. You said Spurs twice, oh, I'm afraid. Say... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Sorry. Uh, said, uh, am I done? Twice. You said twice. You twice. You lose the point, I'm afraid. You ah. said Spurs twice. I can't give you that. You were looking for West Ham, I think. Yeah. You didn't say West Ham. Are you, are you, surely. You did say West Ham. Yeah, but when you say I said Spurs twice, you you used to say, oh, you've already said that one. All right. All right. All right. I'll tell you what, we'll take, I'll take a ruling. Yeah. We'll call it a bye. Okay. We'll call it a bye. So it's still nil nil. <sighs> okay. But you know what you've done there? Okay, fine. You know what you've done there? If you've, to be fair, you may well have said that at the start. So okay. You've been... if, you, if you name it more than once, it doesn't count. <laughs> okay, I said. all right. But do, I'll give you, know you a what bite. it is. I think it's the new Crystal Maze-esque theme tune has made us all a little bit on edge. <laughs> yeah, There's maybe. such controversy about this game. It's the most hotly talked about game in podcasting. Okay, go on, then. It's still nil-nil, I'm afraid. It's still nil-nil. It's the most I can do. The next <laughs> player 
He's he's played for thirteen clubs. A big opportunity here. Was he it? Is it? Or is it Andy? No, it's Andy. Oh, okay. Big opportunity. Andy goes first. He's played for thirteen. I kind of think this might be a Marcus's wheelhouse as well. It's Christian Vieri. Oh bloody Nora! Thirteen teams. Bloody 13. Nora! If you don't get this, we could be here all day. Oh, I don't think I can get that many of them actually. Started his career in 1991, retired in 2009. Illustrious career. Obviously scored several goals for Italy. He might be one of Italy's top scorers, actually. Right. Okay. Obviously, you can't say Italy. Mm. How many you got? Four. Four. Open a bit of four, Marcus. Interested in five from you? I'll go six. Six. I love that. It's just aggressive right. tactics. Do it. Okay. Six, okay? <laughs> can't do it more than once. What have I done? <laughs> Atletico Madrid. Correct. Juventus. Correct. Inter. Correct. Atalanta. Correct. Fiorentina. Correct. AC Milan. Correct. Well played. Come on. Helped out massively by the fact that he's played for almost every club in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Christian Vieri started his career. I should say about Scott Parker, by the way. He featured the seventh club of Scott Parker was Norwich City on loan. I wouldn't have got that. No. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that either. Tough one. Um, Christian Vieri Vieri, started his career at Torino, then Pisa, Ravenna, Venezia, Atalanta, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Lazio, Inter, AC Milan, Monaco, Sampdoria, Atalanta again, Fiorentina, and then Atalanta again. Flipping egg. 1-0 to Marcus Speller. And you are first up with this one, okay? He's played for 10 clubs in total. He retired in 2018. You can hear him regularly as a pundit now, I think on the BBC. It's Stephen Warnock. Oh, bloody hell fire. (laughs) This has been a brilliant performance for you so far, Marcus. So keep it up. 10 clubs in total. And he's looking pensive. Mm. You've stumped me here with this. I'm going to go for a very low bit of two. Two. Andy? Okay, let me think about this. I'd be in real trouble in this game if I wasn't allowed to count on my fingers. <laughs> you are allowed to count on your fingers. Although some people do see it as gamesmanship. I'll go three. <laughs> Name them. You don't want four, no? I've got, I, uh, no, I, honestly. I've, okay, my, that's a fair that's fair. Blank is perfectly completely blank. Perfectly legitimate. So three clubs Stephen Warnock has played for, please, Andy. A Liverpool. That's correct. Blackman. Correct. Leeds. Correct. Ah, That's one each. Fair play. One each. Stephen Warnock started his career at Liverpool. QPR? Um, no QPR, no. Villa? Uh, Bradford, uh, yes. Oh. Uh, Bradford City, Coventry City, Blackburn, Villa, Bolton, Leeds, Derby, Wigan, Burton and Bradford City <sighs> again. Uh, so that is one all. One each. With two to play. Um, and first <clears throat> up here is Andy Brassel, player number four. He's played for five clubs in total. Quite an interesting one, this actually. Retired in 2017. Sean Wright Phillips. Ooh. Can you talk while I count on my fingers? <laughs> I, I can't help feeling that this is particularly edifying for the listeners. Mm. Um, well, look, look, Andy, Sean Wright Phillips, yeah. he, as I said to you already, he, st- he retired in 2017. He started his career in 1999, um, obviously featured several times for England. Mm. Um, tricky winger, fast player, exciting player to watch. Uh, he's played for five clubs in total, Andy. A quick game is a good game. Uh, it's literally not my five. job. Okay, thank you. You can do all five. Blimey, that's impressive. All right, go for it. Hope you don't get one wrong, Andy. No, me either. <laughs> be terribly embarrassing for you. It would be. Nottingham Forest. Let's have a look. That is incorrect. Yes! 2-1. Two 2-1 one. No. Two one to Marcus. Come on! Uh, Sean Wright Phillips. He's a youth at Nottingham. Ah, oh, he's a youth at Nottingham. Youth, Andy. Made his first senior appearance for Manchester City. Manchester City, yeah. Chelsea, then Manchester City again. QPR, New York Red Bulls. I knew and the then Red Bulls. Phoenix Rising. It's 2-1 to Marcus oh. with one to play, which means we might have to have a tiebreaker, which, yes, I have got. <laughs> um, and the final play, Marcus goes first on. You need this point, you win. Mm. You're 2-1 up. Mm. Chance to knock him off his perch. Yeah. Right off his fucking perch. <laughs> <laughs> He's played for five clubs in total. Mm. He retired in 2017. It's Xavi Alonso. <sighs> up yours, Brassel. <laughs> up yours. <laughs> oh, this is very frustrating. Because Andy and I both know three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I've no doubt Andy knows a fourth or a fifth one. You know a fourth or a fifth. You know. You don't, you don't have to respond to that. You don't have to get involved. All right. Whose game is it again? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, hang on a minute. No, I can do four. Okay. You want I to go four? I can do four. Andy, can you do five? I can do five. Oh, I don't, I don't think he can. Because I think he might make a mistake here. All right. 
Well, I already did on the last one. Exactly. You're going to do five, Andy? Yeah. Just as well, because I couldn't do four. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Lovely tactic. Yes. Oi, lovely banter. Yeah, just lovely banter. Yeah. Five clubs, and um, there is a ruling on this that has had a precedent for quite a long time, and if you fall foul of it, mm-hmm. you're going to not be given the point. What ruling is that? You should know the rules. <laughs> Fuck you, guys. <laughs> Come on, let's have it. Go on, Andy. Okay. Real Madrid. Correct. Real Sociedad. Correct. Alex. <laughs> Liverpool. Correct. Bayern Munich. Correct. Abar. Correct. Oh, no. Two all. I thought you were going to go Real Sociedad B, which wouldn't have counted. No. Come on. Have okay, so we have a tiebreaker. We've got to get through this. Um, it's two all. There's one to play. Obviously, my ruling on the first player was final. We'll have mm-hmm. no back chat about that. That's done now. Right. I'm talking to people Take on Twitter. Twitter. Get, get yeah. in touch, yeah. <laughs> the final player. I've accepted it as well, Twitter. Yeah. So I appreciate the <laughs> independent investigation. <laughs> you know. um, Andy this, goes, this is a thriller. I'm getting very strong <laughs> Crystal Palace versus Liverpool 1990 FA Cup semi final vibes. I think this is like that Federer and Nadal Wimbledon final. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> final player. Andy goes first just because it's his turn yep. to go first. That's fine. Um, we've heard from Sean. Wright Phillips earlier. His brother played for seven clubs. How many can you name? Bradley Wright Phillips. Seven clubs in total. Oh, this is really hard. Yeah. Just for perspective, when I look this up to to get him, I could name one. I've got three. Okay. Marcus? I'd like Andy to name the three because I just just cannot get four. I know. I know. I just can't do it. It would be stupid of me to have a go. I tried to be a bit aggressive last time and beat me five nil. (laughs) True, he's learning. Yeah, he's learning. He's slipped up with. Don't get down on the counter. No, it's a sudden death situation. Mm. It's two each. This is the final player, and you've bid three. Marcus wants you to name three, three clubs that Bradley Wright Phillips has played for, in order. Now, Southampton. That's correct. New York Red Bulls. That's correct. Los Angeles. That's correct. Which Los Angeles? Los no, Angeles FC. FC. He didn't say, oh, okay. he didn't say it again, actually. <laughs> oh, well played, Andy. Well it's 3-2 Andy. after sudden death. That is a marked improvement. Marcus Speller fans out there will yeah. take a lot of heart from that. They will do. Yeah. I feel like uh, Jeremy Corbyn after that first election. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm treating that as a win. Yeah. not You're not quite as... Yeah, fine. <laughs> Not quite as bearded. Let, let's, yeah, there we go. let's leave it there. Well, there we are. Well played, Andy. Well done indeed. Andy and me. Um, uh, well, we've reached the end of the preview show, everybody, sponsored by Betway. Thanks for listening on tomorrow's uh, greatest games in association with the Blizzard. Join us, says uh, myself, Jonathan Wilson, and James Montague talk about his memories of American Samoa versus Tonga from 2011, the first competitive win in American Samoa's history, and Big Montague was there. And Montague, James Montague mm. is one of the most engaging broadcasters on mm. football anywhere in the world so I recommend people listen to that if they haven't heard him before he's, he's amazing definitely there we are say goodbye Luke goodbye say goodbye Andy goodbye and it's goodbye from me this was a Stakhanov production